Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of A Minder. My name is Marcia and I will be your host for this episode. Today we have 9 papers that showed up on PubMed in the month of June 2021 that are all focused on changes to gene expression and epigenetics, especially methylation in the context of Alzheimer's disease. So stay tuned. Welcome to A Minder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you. so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. We know how critical gene expression and its regulation is to cellular homeostasis. In light of that, it is imperative that we discuss the possibility that Alzheimer's disease or AD could be caused by disturbances in DNA methylation in certain genes and the potential role of methylation in being a biomarker in AD. This is the second episode of our June series which will cover all kinds of topics related to Alzheimer's disease that were published in June of 2021. Episodes will be released every Monday through Friday for the next few weeks. A few notes before I dive in. The papers included today are grouped into different themes based on some unifying element either based on the scientific question being addressed or the methods used in general all papers included are from peer reviewed journals for any given month and our summaries are an unbiased representation of what the abstract states we do not comment on the scientific rigor or the quality of the studies So, if you want to learn more about any of the papers discussed, be sure to check out our episode notes for the bibliography. We provide numbered bibliographies with our episodes which you can use to follow up on anything interesting you hear today. So, time to get to the science. Let's jump right in. The first theme for today is transcription and differential gene expression or DGE. It is based on the concept that depending on cell type and tissue there is differences in abundance of gene transcripts within a transcriptome. This is especially the case in disease where there is differential gene expression and that manifests as biological differences between healthy and disease states. With that in mind, let's get started. Here is paper number 1 titled Revealing the modular similarities and differences among Alzheimer's disease, vascular dementia, and Parkinson's disease in genomic networks. Chen and Wang from the Beijing University of Chinese Medicine are the first and last authors of this paper, which was published in the journal Neuromolecular Medicine. The main aim of this study was to identify relationships, if any, between Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, and vascular dementia at the molecular level. For this, the scientists obtained lists of disease-related genes from public databases, created gene-gene networks, and divided them into disease-based modules through an entropy calculation. More on how they did all of that can be found in the original abstract. But in doing so, they found a number of genes unique to and overlapping between the three disease types. 72 genes were discovered that were overlapping between all of the three diseases. They also performed enrichment analysis to identify biologically relevant pathways and processes and found AD and vascular dementia to be highly correlated. They especially highlight the insulin signaling pathway to be important in neurodegenerative disease and point out that further research at the crux of these disease types is needed to find novel therapeutics. 
Staying on the differential gene expression track, next up is paper number two titled Analysis of the Role of Per Alpha in the Pathogenesis of Alzheimer's Disease Based on RNA-Seq and ChIP-Seq. Shi and Q from the Ninian Medical University in China are the first and last authors of this paper published in Scientific Reports. As you've probably guessed from the title, the authors focus on Per Alpha, which is a sequence-specific DNA and RNA binding protein. From a simple Google search, I found that this protein has been implicated in processes such as transcriptional activation and repression, translation, and cell growth. To identify the role of the gene per alpha in the nervous system, the authors deleted this gene in the HD22 mouse hippocampal cell line and then performed RNA sequencing and chip sequencing to test its effects on downstream neuronal gene expression. From their analysis, they found over 600 genes that were differentially expressed between the knockout and control cell lines, of which 7 were AD genes and 5 were amyloid beta clearance rated genes. 47 of total differentially expressed genes were regulated by per alpha, indicating the possible regulatory mechanisms that this gene may be involved in. If you are interested in learning more about these differentially expressed genes, be sure to check out the original paper. Next up is paper number three. This one is titled Distinct Effect of Prenatal and Postnatal Brain Expression Across 20 Brain Disorders and Anthropometric Social Traits, a Systematic Study of Spatiotemporal Modularity. Jia and Zhao from the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston are the first and last authors of this paper, which was published in Briefings in Bioinformatics. The main aim of this paper was to examine GWAS results in a spatiotemporal context for 20 different brain disorders and social traits. The researchers looked at brain span transcriptome profiles across different developmental stages and wanted to see if any identified disease susceptible genes were simultaneously expressed in the brain. They found many gene modules corresponding to different developmental stages for various disorders. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'll focus on just the AD results. For more information, you know what to do. That's right, check out our episode notes. So coming back to the paper, the authors observed that increased co-expression activity of genes was strongly associated with AD. Their further analysis also confirmed functional features such as clathrin-mediated endocytosis that is associated with AD. Lots of potential for this kind of research. Okay, moving along. Ever wonder how to meaningfully interpret high-dimensional sequencing data and report clinically relevant observations? If that's you, this next paper might tickle your interest. This is paper number four titled, Advancing Clinical Genomics and Precision Medicine with GWIS, Fair Bioinformatics Platform for Variable Gene Disease Annotation, Visualization and Expression Analysis. This paper was written by first and last authors Ahmed and Dong respectively from the Rutgers University and this paper was published in the journal Human Genomics. Here, the researchers present GWIS, a user-friendly and interactive bioinformatics platform that can be used to analyze and visualize complex RNA sequencing data and gene disease annotations. It does so by relating patient gene expression data to public and in-house gene disease databases and obtaining information on disease phenotypes and gene annotations. This data can then be easily visualized using heat maps or exported as text or image files. The authors tested GWIS platform on various diseases including AD and concluded that it could help overcome the challenge faced by non-computational biologists. 
Really interesting stuff right there. Next up, the scientists employ the concept of deconvolution in their research. So, deconvolution is a procedure that estimates the proportion of each cell type in a bulk sample, together with their corresponding cell type-specific gene expression profiles. This is really important in complex diseases like AD, where often experiments are conducted on bulk tissues. That sets the stage for our next abstract. This is abstract number 5 titled, A Computational Method for Direct Imputation of Cell Type Specific Expression Profiles and Cellular Compositions from Bulk Tissue RNA-Seq in Brain Disorders. Deust Parast and Wang are the first and last authors of this paper, both from the University of Philadelphia. This paper was published in NAR Genomics and Bioinformatics. As given away by the title, this paper describes a method the authors called CellR, which basically performs deconvolution to identify cell type counts and cell type specific gene expression. This is different from many other previous methods which only examine cell composition in bulk tissues. So a very broad outline of what I understand to be CellR's methodology. So CellR first finds the different cell types present in the bulk sample and then extracts their corresponding gene markers. Using a series of linear programming steps, CellR then estimates the overall expression profiles across different cell populations in the bulk sample. The authors of this paper tested the efficiency of CellR in Alzheimer's disease and other complex diseases. So if your research is centered on deconvolution methods, this abstract may be worth your while. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. This brings us to our next theme for today's episode, which is methylation. For those unfamiliar, methylation is typically a mechanism of transcription regulation involving the transfer of a methyl group onto nucleotides. Fun fact, DNA methylation is also a stable epigenetic marker that can be inherited through multiple cell divisions. So more on methylation, especially from an AD point of view. Here is paper number 6 titled, A Meta-Analysis of Epigenome-Wide Association Studies in Alzheimer's Disease Highlights Novel Differentially Methylated Loci Across Cortex. Smith and Lannan are the first and last authors of this paper, both from the University of Exeter. This paper was published in Nature Communications. Here, the authors looked at how differential methylation patterns in various regions of the brain correlated with degree of AD pathology. For this, they pulled together data from six DNA methylomic studies of AD and identified methylation sites or CPGs that were associated with BRAC staging. From their analysis, they found a number of these differential CPG sites or methylation sites in the prefrontal cortex, temporal gyrus, and the entorenal cortex, but none in the cerebellum. Possibly the most striking finding of this study is that they identified 220 CPG sites that were associated with neuropathology. These CPG sites were related to 121 genes, of which 84 were novel findings. They further replicated their study with a cohort of over 500 donors, so there's a lot more to unpack here. I urge you to find the original manuscript to read more about this. Speaking of epigenetics in the brain, this next paper describes popular epigenetic clocks. A little introduction. 
Epigenetic clocks are based on the concept that DNA methylation age is a proximal readout of innate aging processes in the body, and measuring methylation levels using these clocks have been used as an accepted measure of aging. So with that in mind, here is paper number 7 titled, The Association of Epigenetic Clocks in Brain Tissue with Brain Pathologies and Common Aging Phenotypes. Grodstein and Bennett from the Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois are the first and last authors of this paper published in Neurobiology of Disease. As I mentioned before, here the authors studied epigenetic clocks, namely the Hanum, Horvath, PhenoAge, Grim age and the new cortical clocks. The first four established clocks were trained on human blood and 51 different tissue samples, while the newer cortical clock was trained on postmortem cortical tissue samples. So, for this study, they obtained brain samples from about 700 older subjects and calculated their epigenetic age using these epigenetic clocks. They then used regression models after adjusting for significant covariates to understand how epigenetic age related to neuropathological and clinical aging outcomes in these subjects. They found that the Hanum, Horvath, PhenoAge and cortical clock ages were related to AD and amyloid beta load. And surprisingly, of all the clocks, the cortical clock was most strongly related to different AD pathologies such as Lewy body pathology, mean tau tangle density, etc. There is so, so much more to unpack in this abstract, so be sure to track it down. For more information, check out our episode notes. My main takeaway from this abstract, we need more studies on epigenetic clocks in brain tissues. That brings us to our next theme, which is multi-omics. A little introduction. Multi-omics is an integrative approach that combines data from the transcriptome, epigenome, proteome, metabolome, and other ohms in order to discover novel relationships between the different biological data types, gain insight into mechanisms underlying cellular processes and molecular phenotypes, and obtain a more holistic view of a biological system. This is also one of my most favorite subjects as my own project is based on the principle of multiomics. So if you're like me or simply curious, I've already covered few papers on multiomics in my previous episodes in the past months. So be sure to check those out. So let's jump right in. This is paper number eight titled Neuronal and Glial 3D Chromatin Architecture Informs the Cellular Etiology of Brain Disorders. Hugh from the University of North Carolina and Jess Schwinn from the University of California are the first and last authors of this paper published in Nature Communication. In this paper, the scientists wanted to establish a link between cell type heterogeneity, gene expression regulation, and neurodegenerative disease outcomes. They combined neuronal and glial chromosome structure information with respective gene expression profiles to understand disease etiology. From their integrative analysis, they found that neurons and oligodendrocytes were associated with AD-related epigenetic dysregulation and that microglia was associated with AD-related genetic risk factors. In the abstract, they also described cell types for other disorders such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. So be sure to check those out as well. But overall, the study provokes the idea that cell type-specific gene expression may be important in how we view disease. Here is another paper on multiomics. This is paper number 9 titled MogoNet integrates multiomics data using graph convolutional networks allowing patient classification and biomarker identification. 
Wang and Huang from the Indiana University are the first and last authors of this paper, which was published in Nature Communications. The researchers here developed a new method for performing integrative omic analysis called multi-omics graph convolutional networks, or MogoNet in short. They showed that MogoNet can be used for multi-omics data classification and also for candidate biomarker discovery. They compared their method with many other previously used integrative approaches and claimed that MogoNet outperforms them. If that's got you burning with curiosity, go find the full paper and give it a read. I'll be right behind you. And with that, we come to the end of another episode on new insights into RNA transcription and translation in AD. I'd like to thank the entire Aminder team, LNR, Jack, and the entire sorting team for cataloging the abstracts, LNK for reviewing the script, Lara for editing the recording, LNK again for reviewing the edited episode, Jack for making the bibliography, and Sarah for creating the word cloud. A special shout out to Anusha for the music you hear in our episodes. You can also find her on SoundCloud and YouTube. Before I let you go, here are a few final reminders. Each episode comes with a numbered bibliography, so if you heard something here that sparked your interest, be sure to track down the full paper. For more details, be sure to check out the episode notes. Our June series episodes will be released every Monday through Friday for the next few weeks, so be sure to listen in and also review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Join us again tomorrow for our next episode on synaptic transmission and neurotransmitters hosted by our very own Glory. For updates on our podcast, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We're also looking for fresh talent, so if you're interested in joining our team, send us an email with your CV or reach out to us on our social media platforms. We hope you found this podcast useful and accessible. Thanks for tuning in.